The scripture that you're going to hear this morning is not always one that we get a chance to read at Christmas time, but it's an integral part of the Christmas story. Mary receives word from an angel that she's going to be the mother of the Messiah, and then she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is also pregnant with John the Baptist, and when these two women meet, something amazing happens, and John leaps in his mother's womb, and there's this whole amazing interaction, and then Mary sings a song. She sings a song because of what God has done for her and what God is doing for the world. So you're going to hear that song this morning. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. And holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abram and to his descendants forever, and Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me in an attitude of prayer. God, we pray that you would speak to us like you spoke to Mary so many years ago that you would fill our hearts with wisdom and with eagerness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could change one thing about the world that we live in, what would you change? If you could change one thing, just one thing, do you know what you would change? You may be asking uh, yourself, how do I even begin to answer a question like that? There's so many things that we wish were different. We've got people who are hungry. We've got people who are sick. We've got people who don't have clean water to drink. Um, And then there are people in this room right now, undoubtedly, who have broken relationships, who have pain in their past, worries about the future. Can you relate to any of this? There's a lot of things that we wish were different in our world. We're carrying a lot. And sometimes in our culture, we're encouraged around Christmas time to sort of cover those things up and pretend like, We're all happy. We're all good. We've got it together. We're not stressed. There's no problems here. We have this narrative in our culture that Christmas should be a little bit more like a Hallmark movie and a little bit less like whatever our house and life actually looks like. After all, it is the most wonderful time of the year, right? But when we come to church, it's okay to admit that we don't always have it all together. And in fact... We may be looking for peace in the midst of chaos this season. We may be seeking hope and joy and love rather than having them right at our fingertips. I want to read to you again these words, some of the words from Mary, which you just heard this morning. Sometimes we call this portion of scripture the Magnificat, which comes from the word magnify, which simply means praise. Magnify means praise or rejoice or give glory to God. Scholars call this a hymn. They also call it a canticle. They call it just a song. It's something musical. So 
From the common English Bible translation, Mary proclaims, in the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God. Mary says, God shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next. God has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations, and God has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up those who are lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. And at the end of her song, to paraphrase, Mary says, all this is exactly what God promised from Abraham up until today. This song is Mary's response to learning that she was going to be the mother of the Son of God. And we might imagine a much more personal response if you or I found out that something like that radical was going to happen in our lives. We might be focused on, well, this is going to uh, affect me. But Mary immediately turns outward and thinks about the rest of the world and how creation will be impacted by this moment. Mary is proclaiming things aren't always right in the world. People are hungry. People who don't have power get taken advantage of. People who do have power sometimes take advantage of those with less. But she's also proclaiming our God sees that injustice in the world and our God promises to help make it right. Mary, by accepting her new critical role as the one who would bear and raise Jesus Christ, by proclaiming the words in this song, she's part of that work of justice, of mercy, of making things that are not right, right. Mary's part of that work. And this is Mary's song. It's a song of purpose. It's a song of hope. It's a song of promise. It names, here's where we are today, and here's where God wants us to be. Here's where God promises that we can be as a people, as a world. And these words, Mary's words, the Magnificat, it's been set to music thousands of different times over the years. In fact, we sang one of the settings this morning as our opening hymn. The tune, maybe not one you recognize, but uh, those words, when you look back over them, are straight out of Scripture. The truth is we often turn to music in significant moments in our lives, which is why it's important that this is a song. Both in our own lives and in human history, music is this touchstone. It's a catalyst. It's something that brings us back to the heart of what matters. So in our personal lives, when things are hard, oftentimes we have a song that we go to. Does anybody have a song you go to in a difficult time? Yeah, I know I do. Uh, For me, sometimes I go to the Beatles. Not that the words have anything to do with... um, social justice or uplifting messages, but sometimes it's just comforting to hear a song that you know really well. And then when you're ready to celebrate, often you have a go-to song for that too, a song that just pumps you up, that's happy, that uh, makes your heart overflow a little bit. Music does that to us. Music touches us in a way that other things can't. Throughout history, music has been a way that humans have expressed what's going on in their lives and in their world. And we sing to name what we hope for. We sing to name what we've lost. We sing to express where we're going and how we're going to get there. And if you look at any significant moment in human history, there are songs that have been written about it. Think back to the 1960s, the civil rights movement. People sang to lament what was happening in the world. And people sang to talk about the future and how they were moving towards something better. People saying, we shall overcome, and we shall not be moved. 
Some of the most powerful songs of our modern era are these musical responses to what was happening in the world. And in many cases, of course, the words of a song that's new actually get their inspiration from a song that's older. So if you look at the 50s and 60s, some of those songs drew from slave spirituals in the 1800s when people, again, were singing about injustice and the need for change. We come back again to Mary's words from Scripture. This time this is from the message version of the Bible. Mary says, God knocked the tyrants off their high horses, pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet and the callous rich were left out in the cold. There's a social justice message here in Mary's words. Mary's preaching about what the world can and should be like. But her ideas are ancient in nature. These words that she's speaking, they're not just her. They're drawing on this long tradition of her ancestors and those who have come before her. Because Mary's song is almost like a remix of a song from the Old Testament sung by a woman named Hannah, the mother of Samuel, when she found out after years of infertility that she was going to have a son. Hannah sang, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My strength grows in the Lord. Hannah, this woman of the Old Testament, sang, The well-fed are out begging in the streets for crust while the hungry are getting second helpings. God puts poor people on their feet again. God rekindles burned-out lives with fresh hope. These are Hannah's words. These are Mary's words. These are our words. Today, as we seek to follow Jesus Christ, who fed the hungry and helped the poor, Mary's song echoes Hannah's song, And so when she lifts up her voice to sing, she's singing not only for herself, but all these people who have come before her and all these generations who have dreamed of what the world could be. When we lift up our voices, we're not singing just for ourselves. We're singing for all those who have come before us, those who have longed for a Messiah, those who have dreamed of what the world could be, those who have hoped for the Savior Jesus Christ that we celebrate this season at Christmas time. Mary was made for this moment in history. Mary was ready for this moment. She was chosen for this moment. And she's not just singing the words. She's getting ready to live out an entire life that will work to put that dream into a reality. Because Mary was chosen to be the parent of Jesus Christ. And we all know Jesus Christ. Christ is the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who brings healing to the sick and sight to the blind, freedom to the convicts. We all know Jesus Christ. He doesn't just sit around and let the world exist as it always has. He changed things. He healed people. He fed people. He preached to people and gave hope where there was no hope. And that's the kind of people we are when we sing together and claim Mary's song and claim all those songs that have come before us. Mary's a critical part of changing the world. And so are we when we claim her song for ourselves. Because we, like Mary, have had an encounter with the grace of God. We've come to know Jesus Christ. We've seen the Holy Spirit at work. We know what God is capable of. We see amazing things every day here in this community. And we, like Mary, we can look out at the world and we know that people are hungry. We know that there are people who are sick. We know that there are people who don't have clean water or some of those basic necessities that we take for granted. We can see that power is not evenly distributed. 
here and across the world. But we, like Mary, can raise our voices and we can advocate for what is right and we can proclaim what we know to be true about God and we can tell people, you know what, there's hope for something different than what we see around us. And then we can live our lives in such a way that our actions testify to those things that we say and that we sing. We can work towards those changes that God promises to bring about in our world. There's something really powerful about raising our voices together. I've been to the United Methodist Women's Assembly a couple of times now. The assembly is this gathering of United Methodist women from across the globe, and typically it's about four to 5,000 women, United Methodist women, who come together, and they're seeking inspiration and education and fellowship and advocacy, and you've just got thousands and thousands of women in a giant convention center excited about Jesus and excited about mission. And the most recent time I went, I remember singing a particular song together that I was not familiar with. And for some reason, the tune was stuck in my head all this past week as I was getting ready to preach this sermon. And the chorus goes like this, singing about God. My heart shall sing of the day you bring. Let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near And the world is about to turn. The world is about to turn. So the song speaks of a world that's on the brink of something, but not on the brink of destruction, which is often the way we use that phrase. Instead, on the brink of something amazing. The world is about to turn, and it's going to be amazing. And so I looked up this song this past weekend because it had been rattling around in my head, and I'm going, okay, there's something about this song. And then I discovered that, in fact, the entire song is a paraphrase of Mary's Magnificat. And the chorus, or the first verse, excuse me, which I had not remembered, begins like this, of this song. My soul cries out with a joyful shout. Sounds very similar to my soul magnifies the Lord. And the God of my heart is great, and my spirit sings of the wondrous things that you bring to the ones who wait. So without realizing it, I had this song inspired by Mary's Magnificat in my head all week. And at this assembly, I had sung this song, Mary's Words, with 5,000 other women. And I don't know if any of you know any United Methodist women. I'm sure we have some this morning here. United Methodist women are committed to uh, helping people who are hungry, creating opportunities for those who have no opportunities, preaching the hope of Jesus Christ. I mean, this is really what these women are about. And they were singing these words of the Magnificat, and I know when they left that assembly, they went home to do that work, to live it out, to make it happen. What an awesome thing to be a part of that, to sing together those words and then to put them into action. It's powerful to lift our voices together. And you know what? It's also just fun. It's fun to sing together together. This past week, we hosted an ugly Christmas sweater sing-along here at church. This was our first time doing this event. It was organized by Shannon Majiros and Hallie Gazelle, our two um, extraordinary family ministry coordinators. And Sarah Hazen, of course, was there playing the music. And we had 40 to 50 people here on a Thursday night to sing Christmas carols and eat some cookies and wear some uh, fabulous Christmas garb. My husband, Joel, was there, and he was decked out in his Christmas clothing. So it was just fun. 
We got together, the only agenda was singing Christmas songs. And we sang Silent Night, and we sang Joy to the World, and we sang Jingle Bells, and we sang Frosty the Snowman. So it was really just Christmas all around. No uh, strong agenda there, but just to sing together. Because there's something joyful in that. There's something uplifting. There's something that fills up your heart when you sing alongside others. And that's part of what we do as Christians. We sing a lot. Have you noticed that? You come to worship here, there's all kinds of singing opportunities. We sing together in the good times when we're happy. We sing together in the tough times when we're grieving. We sing together when we're hopeful, when we're worried, when we don't know what the future holds. We raise our voices. Sometimes we do that as individuals, too, when we're driving along in our car and we put a song on the radio and we just belt out the lyrics because something feels good in your soul when you let out a little bit of music from your heart. We don't always have to sing hymns when we gather together, but in the context of worship, those songs that we sing, they reflect the kind of faith that we have. And this morning, as we prepare to go out into the world and live into the kind of creation that God wants to see, we're going to sing one of my favorite Advent hymns. That's our final song, Hail to the Lord's Anointed. Now, it may or may not be familiar to you, depending on your church background. The words are from one of the Psalms in the Old Testament, but I think as you sing it, you're going to notice some strong similarities between that hymn and Mary's song. The song goes like this. Hail to the Lord's anointed. And the anointed simply means blessed or chosen. Uh, That's what anointed means. Sometimes you talk about anointing with oil, but it's referring to Jesus. And then the second part is great David's greater son. Talking about Jesus again because he's from the lineage of the great King David from the Old Testament. The song goes on. Hail in the time appointed his reign on earth begun. Pointing to the King of Kings, Prince of Peace that leadership quality that Jesus has. And then the verses. He comes to break oppression and set the captives free, to take away transgression and rule in equity. Second verse, he comes with succor speedy. Succor just means relief or help or aid. To those who suffer wrong, to help the poor and needy and bid the weak be strong. And then it says, and gives them songs for singing. So many similarities in this hymn. It's the words of a psalm, but it's also Mary's song. And it's our song today. The weak will be strong. The poor will be rich. The sad will find joy. Because we're the kind of people who look out at the world and say, hey, we can help make this thing better by the grace of God. There are hopes that we get to help make into realities because we're followers of Jesus Christ. Because when I'm weak, you're going to be strong. And when you're strong, I might be weak, and we're going to need each other to walk through this thing. Regardless of what we need here in these pews, too, we know that beyond these walls, people are in need. They need us to follow Jesus. They need us to sing the words of Mary's song. Mary's song, our song, it's a call to action. I started by asking you to think about one thing in the world that you would change. And... Of course, there are some things that are out of our control, and so uh, 
You can't, uh, there are certain things you can't change. But for many things, there is a way to take some action. And there's a way to do something in some small way to work towards that change that you want to see. And so I hope you take Mary's song as an invitation to take one small step toward that change that you wish you could see in the world. However small it may seem, however local it may feel, there's almost always something that can be done. But in addition to the things that we would change, almost equally important is the things that we should not change. And one thing I would not change is our singing. We've always been a people who sing. So let's sing our hearts out. Let's lift our voices. Let's belt it out. Let's sing those Christmas carols really at a high volume. And let's continue to advocate and pray and meet people's needs in the name of Jesus Christ until we see the reign of God fully realized here on this earth. Let's keep singing, just like Mary. Amen.